This is the Lost in the Game podcast, and I'm your host, Antoine. Welcome to episode one. Before we jump into the episode, I would like to encourage all of you to go and follow us on Instagram at Lost in the Game podcast. Here's our first guest to introduce herself. Hi, my name is Nana Oliver. I'm from Finland. All right, so let, let's just let's just start from from the beginning. Um, from my research um, into you, I, I saw that um, your your mom, your parents are are heavily involved. Like your dad's a coach, right? Yeah. And then your mom, uh, I know she's on the board. She's uh, an official. Um, yep. And then your brother plays as well, correct? Yes. Okay, so how? Uh, what was what was kind of your introduction into the game, like and in, into football? Well, so both of my parents, my dad used to play in the Finnish league, and my mom tried to when she was around my age, but uh, they didn't let her play football. They told her she could play flag, and she was like, "That's not it." So, um, but by the time me and my brother were born, they were all out of football already, had nothing to do with it anymore. But then we just had like a football around the house and like my dad's old helmet and stuff. So we kind of were introduced to the sport like early, but I mean, it's not a big thing in Finland. So we didn't really get to like watch football being played and stuff. But uh, my brother came up with the idea of wanting to start playing football uh so he was eight and i was six years old and he asked our parents to find a team and they found a local team and took him to practice and at the time my dad was like traveling a lot for work so it was mostly me my brother and mom and i was six years old so she obviously couldn't leave me home when she had to take him to practice so i was around watching practice and probably after the first or second practice I was like I want to try to and I started playing in his team but I didn't get to play actual games my first year because I was six and the guys were 12 13 so I was like half the age uh so I just practiced for a year and then once I turned seven I got to start playing in my brother's team and I just never looked back <laughs> awesome that's a uh, that's that's great um so it was so even from an early age, from just being around the sport, uh, watching the sport and kind of spending a year just on the sidelines and getting an understanding, uh, how how much did your, did your passion for the game kind of grow? I mean, honestly, like, I don't remember too much from, like, my first years because I was, first of all, so young, but I was also, like, I was a little crazy, so I was always running around doing something. I didn't really stop and think too much. Uh, so I don't really have a lot of memories, but all I remember, like, I would never skip a practice. Like, even if I didn't get to play, like, I was always on the sideline and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think I learned too much because obviously like at the time, this was 2007, football was like tiny in Finland. So we didn't exactly have, you know, the great i mean we had good coaches like they were good coaches but they didn't know too much about football so you know i didn't get to learn too much so like one of my things that i still i'm trying to learn out of is like tackling with my head first because i was never taught how to like properly tackle and stuff (laughs) so i kind of like just picked it up on my own a lot and i mean most of it i started learning like properly like later on like i would you know kind of know football but uh, I was mostly just being an athlete when I was younger. And well, with my team, when I was like 
12 and stuff our team was just so much more experienced than everybody else so we kind of created our own playbook and just kind of had fun with it we didn't really have to think too much because we were just a lot better than everybody else so we got to kind of have fun and just do stupid plays and stuff so we didn't really do all the numbers stuff gotcha i think at that point yeah i think that's um i think that's important i think um having a having that ability well being good and then having that ability to kind of as 12 year olds to kind of create your own plays and and yeah do goofy stuff i i, I think that kind of helped you uh in like the coaching sense of it like having a, a, a broader understanding and having a, a a bigger imagination i would say for the yeah game. i started coaching when i was 12 so i started first coaching my own team because it's always been like issues especially back then like there was just not a lot of coaches in finland so like my mom was our coach on paper and she would like coach us and mostly she would just kind of let us do our thing and she would just kind of check on us that we're not doing anything too stupid you know so i kind of started taking role already at 12 like running practices uh for for the team and creating the playbook together with a few of my teammates so that's kind of how my coaching career started in the beginning oh that's awesome that's awesome um so when you when you started playing uh were you always like were you always the only girl on the team um when i first started there was two girls kind of playing but they didn't really play for a long time they were around for a little bit but um i don't think i ever really played with them so in my team yeah i think we got another girl around when i was like 14 for maybe like one season so around my team i was pretty much alone for the most part but there was like for the first years, there was like two other girls that were like actually playing in the kids leagues, but they were, they're both like four years older than me. So we never even got to play against each other until we started playing in the women's leagues. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, your first, uh, your first national team, uh, with the, with the men's, with the boys team, what was that experience like? Um, well, I remember it was like a development national team because at the time U15 didn't have like an actual national team because there was no Europeans or Nordics or nothing. Um, so it was kind of the first camp was kind of an open camp, like anybody could go. And then I think the second camp was like an invite camp. But I just remember that I was told that I wasn't going to be allowed to play against sweden because they have like a friendly game against sweden but you're supposed to like you can't you're not actually allowed to play in a male national team unless you're you're like male by your passport so they just told me that i can you know come to the camps and stuff but i'm not going to be allowed to play so i was playing receiver at the camp and then I remember there was another girl as well. I think she was a linebacker, but I remember talking to her in the locker room about like, it's fun, you know, training, getting like, you know, proper coaching and just training with these guys. But remember talking about that. We are not going to be allowed to play in the team. But then they published the roster and I was like, hold on, I'm in the roster. <laughs> so they had called uh, Team Sweden and asked if it's fine to have a girl in the team. And obviously Sweden is thinking like, I mean, if you want to waste a spot for yeah. a girl, go <laughs> ahead. Like, especially I was like a receiver. I wasn't even a kicker. So, um, so that was a nice surprise. I, I wasn't expecting to be allowed to play, but they let me play. So I was playing receiver and uh, I mean, it was a good experience. 
it was a good experience. I don't remember too much from that game either, but uh, that was when I was 14. So it was like 14, 15 year olds. Um, okay. That was a good experience. Just, I remember loving the coach that we had. Like I just seen him a few years back as well. Like we hadn't seen each other pretty much since I was 14 and playing for the national team. So it was, it was good seeing him. And we were just talking about, uh, you know, back then uh, it was a good experience. It was like, I remember it was like one of my first times getting like proper receiver coaching and stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so when, uh, what age were you when you actually started playing for um, a women's team or in the women's league? Uh, my first game in the women's division one was when I was 14, the same year that I played in the boys national team. So in Finland at the moment when I played with the guys, there was a rule that you play with boys until the year that you turn 16 in. So I played one game when I was 14. It was like the team's last game of the season. And then once I turned 15, I was playing for the boys team and a women's division one team at the same time. Cause I wanted to get used to, you know, the pace of, you know, playing with women. So I played a full season when I was 15 or until I got injured. Uh, and then my first year in the women's Maple League was the next year once I wasn't allowed to play with boys anymore. And I moved to the Helsinki Roosters women's team and had my rookie season in the women's league. That's awesome. And, and in that rookie season, um, when when you played for the Roosters, uh, you ended up being an all-star, correct? Mm -hmm. So do you think uh, playing with boys up until that point gave you an advantage moving into the women's division? Oh, 100%. I think just like... I mean, obviously, having started so early, it's like a huge difference when I'm 16 and I've played for 10 years. And then there's 25 year olds who've been playing for a year. Obviously, like, you know, I grew, actually grew up playing this sport. So that makes a huge difference. But also me having been six playing against 13 year old boys like, yeah. you know, I grew up having it a little rough. I will get beat <laughs> down a lot. So I learned everything the hard way. Uh, but that definitely obviously ended up being advantage once I got into the women's league and I was like already used to and I think in U15 that's also why there is that rule because after U15 and during U15 you can start seeing you know the uh, differences in the level of girls and boys you know that's when yeah. the guys start gaining a little bit more muscle and they start becoming faster and stuff because uh, up until then, it, there's really no difference because we're all kids. The boys don't have really any more muscle than the girls until yeah. you start turning 15. Um, so, I mean, having played U15, it was it started being faster and more physical. So then going into women's league, I mean, obviously it's bigger bodies. Um, but I feel like I was kind of more prepared than just, you know, going straight to the women's league. Definitely. Uh, so you're 16. Uh, you're an all-star in your rookie season. Uh, you're also the youngest player at Worlds, correct? Mm -hmm. So what was um, what was your first Worlds experience like uh, being a player, being being the youngest? Like, did you ever feel like a sense of, of pressure? Because from watching uh, your highlights, because uh, preparing for this interview, I went I went through and I watched pretty much everything. So looking at your highlights, it it never felt to me like any stage that you were on, no matter what level it was, it never seemed like it bothered you or or, or the stage was too big. Um, no, I think I perform best under pressure. 
So I don't think there ever was that kind of pressure, but I had got injured when I was 15. I tore my ACL for the first time. So I was rehabbing, coming back from that throughout the whole off season before my rookie season in the league. So I literally got cleared to play two weeks before our season started uh, in the Maple League. So I had to start the national team camps when I was still injured and I was 15. I hadn't even turned 16 yet, which was at the moment the age limit. I think now it's higher than 16. Uh, but that year you had to be 16 before the tournament started. But I remember like we weren't sure if I was going to be allowed to play. We weren't sure if the age limit was 16 or 18. So the first camp was like, I'm 15. I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to play. I can't even practice at the camp because I'm still coming back from an ACL injury. I was like barely running when we first started the camp. So like, I just remember thinking that I know I'm a good enough player um, because of my experience and, you know, but I remember thinking that I wasn't sure if I was going to make it just because it's my first year, first of all, in the league, like they haven't been able to scout me from before. Cause obviously if I had played in the league longer, they would already know, you know, what level I'm at, yeah. but now I have to prove myself because I'm first of all, so much younger than everybody else, but also because I'm coming off of an injury. So it's hard to, you know, prove myself. Um, so once I remember like, being a little stressed because I really wanted to make it to the worlds. Yeah. Uh, but once the selections came in, it was it was a great feeling, honestly. And the whole experience, like the two weeks we spent in Canada, I mean, it was great. I mean, obviously, like two weeks spent in Canada for the worlds, like it's it's a tight schedule. It's yeah. it's like college ball. You know, you have two practices a day, you have meetings, you get no breaks. Like it's a lot. But it, it was an overall like great experience. I didn't get too much play time, uh, being 16 <laughs> in the worlds and a rookie in the league, coming off of an injury and everything. But I mean, uh, it was still it was a great experience. That year, I played receiver. After that, I've been playing DB. Okay, um, that's cool. So uh, you speak a lot about um, that your first injury at 15, um, and I know you've had uh, three ACL surgeries. Yep. So speak a speak a little bit about like um, the the mental strength and, and uh, capacity that you have to not only um, suffer a serious injury at a young age, but then kind of be able to always bounce back and then elevate your game at the same time. So kind of like how how does your support system make you uh, that's around you make you stronger and make you uh, able to uh, handle you know the the kind of depressing side of, of injuries, because I know from this season, like I had an injury and, and instantly, you know, you, your mind is like, oh man, I'm kind of like, I'm not going to be able to help the team one. Uh, and then two, like, I, I like, I'm out. Like, I, you know, that, that mental kind of stress, it, it, it could be a lot on a person. So kind of, yeah. kind of speak about like, like what you do to keep your, to get, to keep your mental right. Yeah. So my first injury was when I was uh, 15. And I remember because I was playing for the boys and the women's team, I got injured on a Saturday in a women's uh, game. And I was supposed to play a boys game the next day. And I had already, I think, partially tore my ACL, but I went back on the field okay. because I was just, uh, my pain tolerance is pretty high. And I just like, I was obsessed with football at that point. <laughs> so I went back on a field and it snapped completely. We went to the doctor the same night and 
the doctor was just like doing the manual test on my knee and he was like I don't really even need an MRI I already can tell that your ACL is torn but we're gonna do the MRI anyway okay um, but I remember like I I had no idea what an ACL was and what an ACL's injury meant you know yeah so I was like I, my first question was, can I play tomorrow? <laughs> and the doctor is like looking at me, looking at my mom, like, is she serious? And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. You know, like I'm yeah. used to like popping my finger out, putting it back and going back on the field, you know, spraining my ankle. Like I didn't know how severe an ACL injury was. Uh, so he just told me, he was like, yeah, uh, I don't think so. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have to wear a knee brace, like just walking and everything. And I looked at my mom and I was like, but especially like I see football players wearing knee braces all the time. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like they have big ass <laughs> knee braces. And he was like, well, once you see the knee brace, you might uh, not think you can play. And he gave me the brace and it was like all the way from, from my ankle to my upper thigh. And I was like, that's when I realized I was like, I guess I'm not playing tomorrow. And that was, that was mentally hard because of why it was my last season playing with the boys uh -huh. and the game that I was supposed to play the next day was against the Borba Butchers where I had a few like closer friends that I had been playing like against for years. So it was like personally important game for me just because it was our last uh, game playing against each other for forever basically yeah so i was i was devastated but i still didn't really understand how severe the injury was and i think that's why the first injury and the first rehab it wasn't mentally that hard because i was so young i didn't really know what it meant and it was obviously the rehab was also easier because how young i was you know my yeah. body was healing pretty fast so um i made it back in like eight months or something okay um but I think the hardest part was the beginning because I was just used to training a lot and being really active and all of a sudden all that was taken away from me. So I was still around football, but I couldn't work out and I couldn't run. So that was like obviously hard, but the first, the first injury definitely wasn't as hard as the later ones. Then 2018, I had worked my ass off during off season and it got to the point where I was addicted to training okay. and I was overtraining way too much. My body was like tired. I was like burnt out. Like I was like, I was burnt out so bad that my doctor put me out of school for two months Oh wow! because I was that tired because I was overtraining so much and then school bringing more pressure and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I had a trader at the time who would allow me to train three times a week, but only with him. Okay. But I would still sneak out to go to the gym. And I would always get caught too. Because I would always say like, oh, my quads are so sore. And he's like, we didn't do anything for quads yesterday. <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? So uh, it was it was really bad. It was like, uh, like an addiction for real. So then... 2018 uh, preseason, we had this international tournament in Finland, and I ended up tearing my ACL, LCL, and meniscus out of just my body being so overworked that it couldn't even hold itself together anymore. Uh, so I had surgery two weeks after, and that was that was physically a lot harder because I had torn my meniscus and my LCL, so I didn't get to like even put any weight on it for like three months okay. almost so that was really hard and it was like summer summertime and everything I think it helped that it was summertime because I could still you know be around my team I would still go to every practice I literally went straight to practice 
after my surgery. I didn't even go home in between. Once I got off the hospital, I went straight to practice because obviously I was still pretty well drugged. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't skip any practices. I like had to be there for, you know, the mental side. Yeah. Um, and then the summertime was fine. I mean, I was struggling obviously because I couldn't do anything, but um, just being around football helps me mentally. But then football season ends, it's fall time. That was really hard for me mentally because I couldn't train. I couldn't be around football. I had no life because I like football had been my whole life for like the past years. So like I barely even had friends outside of football, you know, like usually I would literally just go to school, work out, go to practice. I didn't see people outside of that. The people that I saw was at school um, or at practice, you know, and I never liked school. Like that wasn't my thing. So I didn't really enjoy it. So I I literally had nothing that I really enjoyed doing. So 2018 fall was mentally really hard. I struggled with depression. Uh, I started doing therapy, but it didn't really help. I would have needed like a sports psychologist because the normal therapist, they just they don't really know how it is being an injured athlete, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that was a, that was a very, very like dark place for me that fall. But then once I started being able to move more and start actually running and stuff, it started getting a lot easier just because I could go to a gym because I've always dealt with, you know, my, my stuff by just going to the gym and working out and, you know, being yeah. around sports and stuff. And when that is taken away, I had nothing to, you know, put anger or depression or whatever on. So yeah. that was hard, but it started getting easier than afterwards. Um, and then I actually, so 2018, I was coming back off of that injury and I started running and running routes a little early. <laughs> so I actually ended up, I was running routes with the knee brace on. Um, so I ended up like kind of overcompensating on my other knee. So I ended up like partially tearing my other knees, ACL and LCL with, I don't even know how it happened, but I'm assuming it happened while I was running routes because I didn't notice it at the practice, but I know that I was running a lot of routes and I was definitely overcompensating because my other leg was still kind of weak. Uh, but then the next day I just noticed that my knee was acting a little weird. So my mom took me to the doctor. I didn't think I needed to go to a doctor, but my mom was like, if there's anything like you need to go to a doctor because you never know, like you could broken something and not notice. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we found out that I had partially torn my ACL and LCL. So then I had to have a knee brace on that knee for like two months. Wow. And I had just, uh, I hadn't signed yet, but I had got my first like professional offer mm-hmm. to go to Sweden for yeah. the season. And I was supposed to go there in March. But now I found out in January that I have to wear a knee brace and not run, not do nothing on my healthy knee for two months, like until March. So I'm like, damn, I just lost that. Like I I was supposed to, you know, have my first import year, uh, but I was going to miss that now because I was stupid and went too early. But I ended up being really lucky uh, because uh, the team in Sweden said that you know however long it takes if the season is still on we'll take you even if it's just for the last games and that's what i ended up doing so i went there for like the last three or four games yeah um so i was lucky with that um yeah and then huh uh was there 
uh, in that moment, like, oh, when when you uh, when you go to the doctor and they say that you uh, partially tore uh, ligaments in your other knee, was there ever a moment that you ever thought like, wow, maybe I won't be able to come back and play the game? Not yet, not at that point. No, like I'm too crazy and I was too <laughs> obsessed with football that it was never yeah. like even. And I think that's the thing, cause like for a lot of people, that is kind of the first thought, like. Mm-hmm. You know, am I am I still gonna get back? That was never a thought for me at that point. So yeah. I was just like, okay, well, it's gonna take me time, and I was just upset because I thought I wasn't gonna be able to go to Sweden, but I knew I was still gonna play yeah. as soon as I get the brace off. But I just thought I was gonna have to play in Finland. Um, so not not yet at that point. But then twenty twenty, uh, January, I tore my other knees, uh, ACL completely at practice and I remember because I was at practice and I was running a fade and I had to it was like underthrown so I had to cut back and I just remember folding and I immediately knew that I tore my ACL because I already knew how it felt and now it was my other knee that I had only like partially torn it before yeah um so then that was like once it got diagnosed and everything that's probably the first time that I kind of thought like I might like I didn't I didn't second guess if I was going to make it back but I was kind of like is it even worth it because it kind of seems like I'm just going to keep tearing them you know like I I can definitely make it back I know I got the physical and the mental side of me to you know put that work in to make it back but will they ever be strong enough for me to actually you know survive yeah one or two seasons even you know without tearing it and then uh, during the rehab, there was definitely, during that third uh, rehab, there was definitely a lot of days when I just like, I was like, is it even worth it? Like it, it started getting so hard. Um, I think the third one was really like uh, my worst, my worst uh, rehab and stuff. Um, yeah, that's when I was kind of second guessing if I should even try. But it was days like that, and then it was days when I was like, you know, I have to make it back. Yeah. Like, it's no question. And Because for me, it's like, I mean, like, once I retire one day, <laughs> I will retire even though I keep, you know, I want to play till I'm, like, 60 years old. But, like, <laughs> one day I'm going to have to retire, but it will not be because of an injury. Like, that's one thing. I want to finish off the season healthy yeah. and retire healthy you know like yeah even if i'm like okay i'm a retire after this season if i get injured i will have to play next season Got so it. that i can finish <laughs> without an injury that's one thing for me yeah that's 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 passion and dedication to the game like even sitting here sitting here listening to you kind of um kind of go through it and, and saying that it, it's easy it, it's awesome to see another person so passionate about the sport and you were like i'm crazy you're like i'm literally crazy yeah. i love the sport so that's like at times i know uh for me um last year was my first year moving to sweden and and then playing in sweden so uh i know before coming here i kind of spent the whole six months and i kind of just shut off everything and was just like i need to train like I'm going to play in the NFL. And that's kind of yeah. how, how I approach it. And I, I, I did volume and I felt crazy and out of my mind. Then I get here and then you kind of realize that, okay, the way I was training, it's, it's, it's great that I prepared that way, but it's, it's not the level at which, um, yeah. which other players are at. But I kind of 
I kind of, uh, it's kind of great to recognize that in other people. Yeah. Um, so, so let's go, let's go take it back. Uh, 2019, you signed, um, you signed to play for the uh, Crusaders. Uh, you guys win uh, the Swedish national championship that year. Uh, what yeah. was that? What was that like being a part of um, a championship team? Uh, and especially, I saw some of the highlights. You played, you played all over the place. Really, you were playing quarterback. You were playing receiver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everywhere. So uh, yeah, what, what was what was that like to uh, in your first um, import season to uh, win a championship? I mean, just even just from when I first got the offer, it was like I never really believed that I could be paid to play football you know I grew up playing with boys and I just remember like when I was a kid like first of all like I always heard a lot of like you know you shouldn't play football because you're a girl blah yeah. blah blah but like I'm good at blocking out the noise because I grew up with that since I was six years old I was mm -hmm. told that so I grew up like being really good at blocking out the noise and not really caring what other people say but there was like a lot of people would just say like oh yeah you're really good but you're never going to make it because there's nothing like you can't make it to the NFL. So there's nothing for women at the NFL level, kind of. So like, yeah. why are you like a lot of my friends who I would have probably hang out with a lot more if I wasn't so into training and football, mm -hmm. they were always like questioning, why can't I hang out? Like I'm always training, but like, what am I training for? Because I'm obviously not going to make it pro. Gotcha. And I was like, I don't know. It's just, I want to do it. You know, it's not just because like, I feel like I ha have to make it out of here or something, you know, it was just that I, what I wanted to do. So then hearing that always like growing up that I will, you know, never be paid for it and actually believing that I probably wouldn't be able to get paid for it. Uh, but I still wanted to do it just because I love the sport. So then getting my first offer where they actually offer me money was amazing you know and that's yeah. why i was so devastated that now i was stupid and went back to running routes too early and you know missed my chance but then obviously got lucky enough to make it there so being a part of the team it was a great experience like it was a great team um the coaches had scouted me from earlier so they kind of already knew what all i can do so uh got to play a little a little everything yeah. so <laughs> i was like mainly gonna play receiver db but we would put me at quarterback a little bit to <laughs> use our quarterback as receiver so it was mostly for like goal line plays and red zone and stuff yeah. um but yeah ended up playing mostly linebacker and then a little bit of receiver a little bit of offense but it was uh it was a great experience and then winning that championship after everything that I had been through and finally making it there and then winning that championship was like, I was crying and not just because of my injury, but also because I was playing with my best friend who is from Karlstad, but we played together in my rookie season in the Maple League because she moved to Finland for eight months and played with us in Helsinki. And we finished regular season undefeated won the playoff, went to the championship game and lost to a team that we had already beat twice during the season. That was rough, obviously. And so just getting back on the field with my best friend and finishing what we had started in 2017, like that also, like just everything together, uh, it was emotional. Like I can't even really explain how it feels. It was just, it was, 
it was a great feeling and also it being like my first import year yeah um getting paid to get a ring like yeah. <laughs> what's what's better than that you know yeah seriously um so that was that was a that was a great experience now was that um that year was that uh also the year that um finland won the european championship yes so then i went back home um i suited up for the Turku Trojans as well for a few games, but I didn't really play much. I was like kind of saving myself for the Euros uh, and then went to the Euros, won that. So two championships in a year after over a year of rehabbing. Yeah. Uh, that was that was crazy. Yeah, so it seems like where you go, a championship follows or or success follows from from it on maybe (laughs) playing wise uh but coaching wise i mean because after 2019 i was out for two years uh because of obviously my third acl surgery but also almost a year after my acl surgery i started having more issues with the knee again uh because there was some metal that had been put in my knee with the acl surgery so we had to remove that and fix more of my meniscus because it was still acting up so i had another like follow-up surgery which wasn't as big but i was gonna have to skip the 2021 season as well Mm -hmm. which was it was up to me my doctor told me that you can play and we can do it after the season um but that's kind of what i did in 2019 because my knee was fine for the 2019 season but there was so much extra like scar tissue because i had had my knee locked in one position for almost three months so i was struggling like actually locking it straight and stuff so it was still like really stiff so my doctor told me that i should play the 2019 season and then we'll clean it up after the season and we we ended up doing it uh after the worlds we had a friendly game against Sweden as we do every fall. Okay. And that was on a Saturday and I already had a surgery booked for Monday. So I came back and literally went straight on the table and uh, got the uh, knee cleaned up. So that helped a lot. Uh, But then 2021, I got the option that I could play, but I knew I wasn't going to be at 100%. And even 2019, even though I was playing at a good level, I wasn't at 100%. So it was mentally hard for me because I knew I should be faster and stronger, but I was still coming back from, you know, the uh, injury. So it was mentally hard for me. So I just knew I didn't want to do it in 2021. I was like, I would rather sit out than be on the field and know I should be better. So that was hard for me. And that's when I kind of realized that I had grown up and got more mature because, (laughs) you know, I put my long-term health over temporary pleasure, uh, which is something I learned from uh, a a close friend of mine. Uh, So I I, I was like, okay, I'm going to just do the surgery and just get back when I'm at 100%. Uh, But then because I had the surgery, I was like, okay, I need to do something to, you know, keep my mental in check yeah so i ended up signing the coaching contract in the men's maple league with vasa royals and that's i mean that season definitely did not go great so i can't say that everywhere (laughs) i go championships follow me because that year we definitely struggled um but i mean speak on um being the first female to coach in the maple league because there was a quote that came out first female to coach in the maple league uh now now let's normalize it so Mm -hmm. uh speak on um what what that feeling of being the first is, is like 
Yeah, so when I first signed with the team, I didn't know I was going to be the first woman to ever coach in the league. Like, I didn't really think about it. Like, I wasn't really thinking, like, oh, has there been? Like, I was just focused on, okay, this will be a big step for my coaching career because it will be the highest level I've ever coached at. So I never even thought about it. So once the news came out, I also didn't think it was going to be, like, a big deal about me coaching because, like, I wasn't known as a coach. Like, I had been coaching women and juniors. So, like, I had been coaching for years, but not at a high level because I was, like, always focused on playing. So, it was just, like, a small coaching here and there. So, like, a lot of people didn't even know that I had been coaching before and stuff. Uh, So, I definitely didn't expect it to be, like, a thing because I was just, like, an assistant coach. Like, I was was the DB coach. Um, So, when they first posted it through the team – and then it started becoming like the newspaper called me, the Federation is contacting me, you know, yeah. and then they made the article that I was the first woman. And I was like, oh, sh-. like I didn't even realize. But then they made it just like a really big thing because at first I was like, OK, that's cool. Like, you know, it wasn't really like, oh, I'm the first, but it was more like maybe this will help you know paving the way for you know more women to you know get in the league but for me like I know that I'm not the first woman that is capable of coaching in the Maple League like I know there are women who could have done it before me if they wanted to but they either didn't get the opportunity or didn't take the opportunity gotcha so for me it wasn't really like you know I didn't really feel any type of way about being the first until probably when I realized like okay I'm getting the most shit because I'm the first so I mean the next one definitely doesn't have to get as much shit because obviously there's a lot of with a lot of love comes a lot of hate most definitely so there was definitely a lot of also you know uh not so encouraging yeah messages all over the internet but I mean like I said like I grew up blocking out the noise so I I didn't really care about that and I feel like as long as you're, I don't care if you're loving or hating on me, but as long as you're writing about me or talking about me, uh, <laughs> how, how's that bad for me? <laughs> so yeah. uh, obviously I'm doing something right. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, being the first, like that didn't really mean so much to me personally, because for personally for me, like it was more about it being my big step, my coaching career, Yeah. like just it being my first like serious coaching job. Um. But yeah, like I said, when it was posted that I want to normalize it, like now that we've got the first one out of the way and, you know, that was a big buzz and I think it was bigger than what it should have been because I feel like it shouldn't be that big of a deal that a woman is coaching men, you know, like, I feel like it should have more been like, if you had to make a big buzz about something about me coaching in the Maple League, it should have been that I was 20 years old and not that I'm a woman, Yeah, you know, uh, but I feel like maybe I was able to help more women be more comfortable at least getting in the league coaching now or just more teams even considering it now. Uh, so that obviously feels feels good. And just getting a lot of messages from like girls saying that, you know, they they were inspired by that or mm-hmm. they might now be more interested in coaching, just seeing that there are opportunities and stuff. I mean, that obviously makes you feel great just being able to inspire and help others Um, yeah most definitely so if up until this point right now in your career like uh after being the first woman if you if you had walked away from the game right there your your resume and your career up to that point would have been extraordinary by any means but it, it it continues after taking two years off from playing 
uh, you signed uh, in Spain with the rookies as a player coach. Um, explain to me how, what that experience was like. Uh, that was a very random from the beginning. It was, <laughs> I was coaching in Vasa, my best friend who we played with in 2017 and then 2019. She was also out for 2020 season because of an injury. I mean, 2021 season because of an injury. Uh, so she was visiting me in Vasa. We hadn't seen each other in like a year. And we just started talking something about like we don't want to be in Finland and Sweden for the winter because it's cold and yeah. it's dark, it's depressing. So we were like joking about it. We were like, you know what? Let's just go to Spain for the winter. Like let's just go to Spain and just train there and then go somewhere play next season, you know, together as imports. Uh, and then we started like talking to some people that we knew from Spain, like just about them helping us like find apartment or whatever. Like we were just planning on moving to Spain, get an apartment, get a little side job and just focus on training, yeah. you know, for the offseason, getting back from the injuries. So we talked to a few uh, friends from Spain that were obviously involved in football because pretty much all my friends are <laughs> involved with football. Yeah. That's the only, make a, only way I make friends. <laughs> uh, so then one of my friends ended up talking to their team and they made like a whole offer about us like, playing for them and we were like oh the season starts in december like i don't think we'll be back from our rehabs yet because we're coming off of injuries again yeah. um so we're like okay well we can coach you know like if that helps us get a little like side job you know a little pocket money we yeah. can coach and then we're like talking to the team and stuff and we start talking to each other we're like hold on december we start like counting months like hold on <laughs> maybe we could play and then we were like okay so maybe there's a possibility that we could play maybe have to miss the first few games and the team was like you know what you don't have to play the first games and after that you can play some games you don't have to play all the games you can mainly coach but we would love to have you as players as well so we're like you know what okay deal <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up signing the contracts uh after like a month of the first idea of like just joking that we'll move to spain we ended up signing contracts within a month and then after a few weeks from that maybe like two or three weeks i was already on the road like i flew to sweden first and then we wanted to take a car there so we actually ended up driving from sweden through germany yep. and france to spain and then spain was great i mean football there we played seven man football uh so that's a little it has its difficult uh, difficulties it's like actually <laughs> almost harder than like 11 man football when it comes to coaching and stuff because yeah, we were sure. coaches first right and we kind of shared the defensive coordinator title because we were both going to play so we took a little bit off the responsibility by just sharing it so we would make the defense playbook together and we we're just like these these numbers just don't make sense like how are like the offense has so much more to do than the defense like how are you supposed to cover four receivers with like seven defenders yeah. like I don't, like it was hard math um but we ended up doing good we we were undefeated throughout the whole season our defense was leading in the stats and everything and i mean for us like we kind of thought about it at first like it's seven man football so it might be a bit easier start after injuries like coming yeah. back it's a little bit slower a little bit less physical and the games are a little bit shorter and stuff because it's seven man football it's a small thing so it's just a little bit softer start um to get 
on the 11 man uh, season because we knew we were going to play 11 men after that so i mean spain was it was a great experience the rookies first of all as a team like they're a great host like they always made sure everything was good we had a lunch sponsor that like i'm still missing like the food was so great that i'm like about to catch a flight to barcelona just to eat the food like it was great and we just had a great time in general with the team and everything and because it's seven man football and in spain football is so small uh the teams are very small so like everybody's like best friends because there's not a lot of people you have to deal with so yeah. like it's a small group you know That's so it. everybody was friends we were spending a lot of time and i mean uh the greatest thing about spain was that the black demons from madrid uh mm -hmm. they had been undefeated for like years and the rookies had lost to them in the championship game the previous year so rookies was like the second best team for years so like they were always in the championship game but they were losing to the black demons um so going to the first game against black demons i remember just kind of sensing a vibe from the team that they were like stressed mm -hmm. they were kind of scared of the team and everything so that was like the hardest part because we had to like mentally prepare the team for the game and mentally preparing a team is so much harder than physically definitely preparing a team because you can teach football but if your mentals are not right if you're yep. not confident in yourself you can't just teach that so that was like the hardest part and like the hardest week like just the preparation for that game um but we ended up beating them not by a lot it was definitely a tight game but we ended up beating them so just seeing our team before and then after the game like how the mood had you know changed like and that was like one of my proudest coaching moments like just being able to you know mentally prepare them for that and actually seeing them pull through and do it for each other yeah uh that was a great feeling and then obviously we had to play them again um so it was like now the team was a little more confident but it was still like we knew it was going to be really tight so yeah. but we ended up beating them again which then meant that we had to play them in the playoffs instead of championship game and i feel like okay. we were all like okay we beat them twice but it's been such close games that it could go the other way around at any time so we were like we would rather play them in the championship game <laughs> than like playoffs yeah um but playoffs came around and uh we pulled through and made his championship game and i mean it was it was a great feeling like just i don't know just playing with my best friend being in spain like you know living the life that we always wanted to because we yeah. had been talking about living in spain for like years like just as kind of a joke and kind of more as like once we're retired we'll just <laughs> move to spain because spain is like a lit country and then yeah. we're actually in spain and we even like won the championship and everything like that was that was great and obviously by the time that we won the championship we had already signed to dc yep. so then it was like i mean it was hard leaving just because we loved it there so much but we didn't have to go home we got to like go on a whole nother adventure <laughs> so we won the championship in spain and then you and your best friend signed to go play for the uh, dc divas um how was America? How was Washington, D.C.? We actually ended up living, like, right next to Old Town. Okay. Uh, Old Town, uh, the metro station or the train station was, like, our train station where we would get on and get off. So that was, first of all, great because it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, far enough from the town that we got to live on, like, a chill neighborhood. But yeah. you could get to town so easily. So uh, that was great. Uh, but in general, like, D.C., like, 
I don't know. It was just like a vibe. And like coming from Finland, like Finnish culture is very different. But like a lot of people kind of say that I'm not maybe the most typical Finnish person because I'm like, first of all, I'm very social and stuff. But also like the football me is like, I talk a lot of trash, you know, I'm more like the American vibe of, you know, like competing and talking trash and yeah. And, and in general in Europe, that's not really a thing. Like people all. might take it kind of personally Pers- if you talk trash and stuff. Uh, yeah. So it's just a very different energy. And in general, I mean, in Finland, like you don't talk to strangers, you don't get in the same elevator with strangers. Uh, you don't talk to your neighbors. You don't even know your neighbors. And in the States, the energy is just so different. So, I mean, yeah. I loved it there. Like, even though I'm kind of a, introvert a lot of the times like i i mind my business a lot i'm alone a lot and i enjoy being alone a lot um but just when i got the house and just the energy and especially football because the practices in dc were so much more fun yeah uh, here you know like even though i love the people here as well but it's just a different energy because there is so much more competitive at practice here it's more supportive and more like oh you know you'll you'll catch the next one in yeah. the states it's like if you don't catch that ball you can sit your ass on the bench yep. and I, that's the kind of energy <laughs> i like at practice you know we're getting better because we're actually competing against each other yeah uh you know trying to deserve our spots in the team so um both football and just living wise i mean it was great yeah so i saw um first i watched all like um like all your stories, your vlogs and everything like that. So I saw I saw the indoor practice facility that facility that you guys got to work out in. I was like, man, I'm jealous. Like that's that was nice. <laughs> thought, that's incredible. Like that's crazy. Um but while you were in DC, um you you had such an impact on the field. Like every game. I, like I saw the stats from one of the games. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's that's incredible. Like this is <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's crazy. But um you ended up getting selected uh, to the first team um, All-American and you got to play uh, in Canton at the Hall of Fame st- um, stadium. Kind of tell me tell me what that was like. Uh, not 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 the game necessarily, but just being in Canton, being in the National Football Hall of Fame, getting to see all that stuff. Uh, what, what was that like? Well, first of all, when they first announced the first team All-American, me and Ida had no idea that was even like a thing for the league. Like I, my coaches text me congrats. And I was like laying in bed. I was like, what? <laughs> congrats on what? I haven't done anything. And he's like, you made first team all American. I was like, Oh, like that's a thing. And I was like, damn. And then somebody, one of my mom's friends did the math and she was like out of, they sent us an email that said we're the hundred best players out of thousand. 1,200 players okay. and my mom's friends did the mad and she was like that's less than five percent of yeah. the league of the teams and that's when it kind of hit me I was like wow like like I've been at you know a good level playing football but like going over to the states like I never imagined that I would make like an impact right away like I I kind of expected to you know be at a high level yeah. but be more of a you know like I mean, I always expect myself to be at a high level. That's just the athlete in me. Like, I will yeah. never expect to, like, okay, I'm going to probably be on the bench a lot. Like, no, I will. Like, my mindset is that I'm going to be a starter, even if I know it's going to be hard. Like, my mindset is I'm going to be a starter. But going to the States, like, I obviously knew that I had to, like, earn my spot. Like, I'm not just going to start just because I'm coming over from Europe, you know? Yeah. Especially coming over from Europe 
to the US, you know, the country of football, it's different than coming yeah. as an American to Europe because you're expected to be a lot better. <laughs> you're, you know, imports yeah. like American imports who come here, they're obviously starters, but coming yeah. from Europe, I feel like you have to prove yourself a lot more. So um, just being able to earn my starting spot so quickly, but then also I ended up my first like actual game that I played because I I dressed up for the second game, but mm -hmm. I only played like second half. I had uh, just uh, sprained my um, groin and stuff. So I was struggling a little bit and we weren't really in the team yet. We had flown there like two days before the game. Okay. So like I barely knew our defense. Like they literally just told me I got recruited as a strong safety. So they literally just told me that we're going to play cover three pretty much all game yeah. uh, unless it's like man coverage uh so i'm going in the game like okay i'm just gonna play strong safety i covered three and then they ended up putting me at linebacker and i had no idea what the play calls was like literally yeah. i had no idea what my assignment was because they didn't even tell me like what fronts we play i'm like so i'm guessing we're playing like a four three like on the field you know so then the first game that i actually had got so we had a bye week after that and then i got really in the team and stuff um I had to punt and kick, and I've never been a kicker on a punter. So that was kind of like, uh, I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but it felt great that the coaches just, like, trusted me yeah. to, you know, give me that responsibility of, you know, because special teams is still, like, uh, a big deal. Like, if you fuck special teams up bad, yep. it can cost you a game. So uh, it felt good just getting that responsibility. And then I was still supposed to play strong safety which i did start the game as a strong safety but then for the second half i moved back to linebacker ended up playing a little bit of like hybrid and then a little bit of outside linebacker so i was like kind of flying around that game as well yeah um but i ended up getting like game mvp or team yeah. mvp uh so that was a great feeling just knowing that i like came over to you know the best league of football for yeah. women uh and being able to like perform uh at a high level like that was obviously great and especially after coming off of all my injuries mm. and everything uh so then getting named to all american i mean i didn't think i was like even if i would have known that there wasn't an all american i wouldn't have thought that i would have made it because i didn't even play all the games and stuff like we came in late and everything yeah so just being named to that team and realizing that we're literally less than 5%. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's crazy coming from Finland, you know? Um, and then going to Kenton, I mean, just when we first, like, walked into the stadium, I was like, wow. <laughs> like, we're here. Yeah. Like, we're actually here. We're playing at the Hall of Fame football stadium. Like, how crazy is that? Like, I would have never even, like, realized a dream about something like that, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like for guys like you dream about these moments of like making it to the nfl or playing in the nfl and stuff but as a girl like growing up i never knew what i could even dream of because i never knew what like you know like what possibilities there is because yeah. there wasn't really like a clear route for anything so like i never even like could have dreamt about like playing at the hall of fame stadium and everything so that was like a unbelievable moment just walking on the field the first time like when we first got in the locker rooms I had to just like step out on the field just stand in the middle of the field I was like wow yeah like it was empty like there was nobody like in the audience yet but I was just standing there looking at the empty stands like wow yeah like we're here that's incredible so after all that July um 
touchdowns of Europe comes out um, and they induct you and your best friend uh, into the Hall of Fame. Um, did you know that you guys are, are two of three females inducted into the Hall of Fame? No. Yes, I, I actually had no idea about the Hall of Fame for them before we woke up in Canton on game day morning. We woke up and seen that posted. We were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so what, it, what what does it mean to you to be just 21 and you're already inducted into a Hall of Fame and not just inducted into a Hall of Fame, but uh, you and your best friend on the same day. And you guys are two of the three females that are inducted into the uh, into this Hall of Fame. Um, what's that, I mean, what's that feeling? I feel like as a female playing this like uh, male dominated sport, like any recognition you get feels great just because we don't get that a lot. So yeah. when you do get that and when people actually recognize you for your achievements, it's it's always a great feeling. It doesn't matter how small it is, even if it's like just a repost or if it's a podcast or if it's a hall of fame, like it doesn't really matter what it is, but just for somebody to actually have done the research and have actually noticed you and recognized you for what you've done. It's always a great feeling because we don't get that too much. Yeah. Um, so we woke up on game day in Canton and we were both like, wait, what is it? Like, we're literally sharing a bed. So we're like both waking <laughs> up. We're like half asleep. It's like 7 a.m. And we're like, did you notice this? what is this? We're in the Hall of Fame? What? <laughs> and then we're like going through it. We're like, what is like, we, we had no idea that there was uh, a Hall of Fame. And then we're both thinking like, I don't know how it works for them. Because obviously, if you think about like NFL Hall of Fame or the Finnish Federation's Hall of Fame, you need to be inactive for five years before you can be inducted to the Hall of Fame, right? Like yeah. you can't be active. Yeah. So I'm like, Wait, how's that possible? I'm literally <laughs> playing a game today. <laughs> so we were a little bit like, what is this thing? But I was like, well, you know what? I'm 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 gonna take it. I'm gonna take the recognition because obviously yeah. it means a lot just being recognized like that. Uh but then it was funny, we're like, oh damn, so as of this morning, we're technically Hall of Fame. And yes. then we walk out <laughs> on the Hall of Fame stadium, like okay. <laughs> like we were definitely taken in the moment, like <laughs> um yeah, it was it was great. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, we were just really confused, but we were like, it's. I mean, it's a great feeling just because yeah. somebody's like recognizing you for what you're doing. But now I didn't even know that we were two out of three. Yeah. So I mean, obviously that's that's great too. Yeah, I, I went through and I was I was scrolling through the pages. I'm like, come on, there has to be. Are they the first two, one and two best friends inducted into Hall? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going through, but the uh, the first female was inducted in 2014. So I was like, man, it's it's such a big uh, gap, yeah. But but then, like, not only to be, I know it's a big deal. Like, oh man, even though it might, even though their platform might be small, it it always means something. Like somebody could yeah. do, like one of the best, and and that's that's incredible. And what you and either your best friend, what you guys have uh, have accomplished just so far, you know, going everywhere together, traveling, winning championships, getting. Uh, getting selected as All-Americans, being inducted into the Hall of Fame, same day. Uh, that's it. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, that's really been, like, the best part of these past few years, obviously. Like, we only met in 2017. Uh, so we've been spending the last five years together. And then, like, these few seasons that we played together, I mean, that's really the best part. Like, just us going 
to Spain together, being there for six months, going straight to DC together, spending, you know, living together for nine months, living the dream yeah. together. Like that's really been the best part. Like we've had each other throughout this whole time. Uh, it's it, That's been really great. And it's definitely harder now that we've got home and we're like <laughs> back to normal life. Where yeah. We have to like text each other, like what, you're not in the room next to me. <laughs> If there's anything that you can, like a, a message or, or, or a little bit of motivation that you can give any female um, that's kind of hesitant to, to play the game, like it, what, would you, what would you tell that female about the game of football? First of all, just block out the noise. Like yeah. it don't matter. Like people are always going to hate and the more they hate, the bigger things you're doing. So that's really just a compliment. And if somebody says you can't do something, it's because they know they can't do it. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can't do it. So just block out the noise and do whatever you want. And like I said, I never had anything that I dreamt off that, you know, was football when I was growing up. But you really don't need to have like specific goals like just keep challenging yourself like just just see how far you can get it doesn't matter if somebody's done it before like it's not about you know uh oh somebody's coaching in the nfl i want to do that too it's about just take yourself as far as you want yeah you know just just do whatever you enjoy and just keep challenging yourself like it doesn't matter what other people are doing or saying and do you think um do you think six-year-old nana uh would be proud of the person you are now yes i definitely i'm very hard at like or bad at complimenting myself like that and stuff but uh i do think six-year-old nana would look up to the nana i am today and that does make me proud of myself that's incredible so um one more question and then we can wrap this up uh who uh what what inspires you to 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 continue to do the work um to continue to uh, push female sports forward um like who are who are some of your role models like who do you who do you get your inspiration from um honestly i don't i don't really have a person that i look up to who i'm like okay they really inspire me to do what i want to do i think what inspires me the most is getting messages from other girls, women, even boys and men, just saying they're inspired by me. And especially when it's younger girls, uh, that pushes me forward because it feels like I'm not just doing it for me, I'm doing it for the younger girls because I never had something or somebody to look up to, or I never had like a kind of idea that what I really wanted to do in football or like a dream that I wanted to accomplish in football. So I want to help other girls to have that, you know, something to look forward to, something to aim for, uh, you know, just just help other girls do what they want to do. So definitely just getting messages from other girls um, saying that they're inspired or that they started playing or coaching because, you know, they they seen my Instagram or they seen my YouTube or something. Uh, that's my greatest inspiration because at this point, I'm not only doing it for the six-year-old Nana who was told that she couldn't do, but now I'm also doing it for the other six-year-olds and 12-year-olds and, and grown women, you know? Uh, yeah. That's what's pushing me forward the most. And then just wanting to be the best that I can be and wanting to see how far I can push myself. It's amazing. So I know um, after listening to the other podcasts that you podcast that you've done 
uh, you really don't put any pressure on, on to yourself about what's coming next, but uh, do you have an idea of, of, of what's coming next for you? I know you just um, got finished covering the world uh, with Rutu, um, but what, what, what comes next for, for you now? Well, right now I'm wearing a boot in my ankle because I tore three ligaments in the All-American game and uh, missed my chance playing at the Worlds. Uh, that's why I did the uh, streaming, the interviews. Um, so my first or my priority is just rehab with this, coming back from this. I mean, after all the knee injuries that I've been through, uh, this doesn't feel as major uh, for sure. So uh, just waiting to start rehab and then I'm focusing on training. Um, and honestly, the day that I came back, everybody has been asking how long I, how long am I in Finland for? Because mm -hmm. they feel like like I'm just never home because <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm always even if I'm in Finland I'm in like Vasa which is five hours from where I live so like like my friends and family feel like I'm never home uh so I've just been telling everybody that I might be here for the fall but I don't want to make any promises <laughs> because I'm a very spontaneous person and if somebody makes me an offer to go coach somewhere in the fall I might take it <laughs> so I don't want to make any promises so I mean there's been a little talk about some stuff for the fall, but it's very just been throwing it out there. Uh, so I don't really know, but I'm definitely looking forward to playing more seasons in the States, but that'll also come down to visa stuff and everything because at the moment I don't have a work visa, so I'm not allowed to officially be paid in the States. So I would have to figure that out first before. I can I can you know go go back there, but that's definitely the plan for the near future. But until until then, I'm <laughs> I'm just focusing on you know rehab and then seeing what doors open. I'm a very go with the flow person. You yeah. know the doors open when they're meant to open and the opportunities come when they're meant to come. So I'm waiting I'm waiting for that and then see what I want to do. Awesome. Well, Nana, thank you so much for not only uh, coming on to the podcast, but for sharing your story, for um, being an inspiration uh, to other females, not, not just females, but other players in general. Just thank you for your contributions to the sport. Um, you're awesome. You're one of my favorite players to watch. You're fearless on the field. So uh, good luck in all that you do in the future. And again, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you for inviting me. Like I said, it doesn't matter what platform it's on. As long as somebody's recognizing you, uh, it's always a great feeling. So I really appreciate you for, you know, giving me the platform to tell my story. And maybe somebody else will find this and be inspired to play as well. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And that is a wrap on episode one of the Lost in the Game podcast. Again, I'm your host, Antoine. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Be on the lookout for information on upcoming episodes via our Instagram at Lost in the Game Podcast. Thank you. Mm -hmm.